Welcome to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. Today's message is for Anzac Day 2022, Meeting Christ at the Beach at Dawn by Mark Patch. It has been my uh, great privilege uh, in my career to serve in the Australian Defence Force for some 31 years. Um, it is a uh, it is an organisation and a structure with uh, with a lot of history, and of course that history goes back uh, well beyond the 25th of April 1915. But it is the 25th of April 1915 that we remember today, and that the Australian community uses as one of the two days in the year where we celebrate the nation that we have and the sacrifice of those who have made that possible. So my talk this morning is not long. It's not my intention to hold you here till 11 o'clock. But what I hope you get out of it is the fact that we have a lot to be thankful for. One of the great things about being an Australian and travelling the globe is that at some stage you've got to come home and we are blessed when we do so. We are very reminded, or we are reminded obviously every day by the news broadcasts that World War I was not the war that was to end all wars and even today we pray for those in the Ukraine for peace as their world is decimated um, in, in front of them and their lives are changed forever because war changes lives. Okay. So my, my message this morning is called Meeting Christ on the Beach at Dawn. Since 1916, our nation has come together to commemorate the sacrifices of those Australians who landed, fought and died on the beaches and the cliffs of the Dardanelles Peninsula at Gallipoli and in countless battles and battlefields across the globe for more than a century since. Today, we also need to honour and remember the children, spouses, partners, parents and loved ones of the men and women who have served our nation at home and abroad. Their love, encouragement and prayers have sustained our soldiers, sailors, aviators, nurses, padres and peacekeepers while on service and have helped them shoulder the burdens that follow that service. I don't know how many of you are aware, but suicide is the most common form of death for an Australian man between the ages of 18 and 42. And if you happen to be an ex-serviceman, you are two and a half times more likely to take your life than the average man in Australia. So the burdens that follow service are significant. 
in acknowledging the sacrifice made by the Anzacs and those who have followed them into conflict on our nation's behalf, we also give thanks to the God who sacrificed himself so that we might live, a God who is the source, ultimately, of all self-sacrificing love. I was very fortunate that the project that I led um, had a project team in France for eight years of my career. Every year of that eight years, we provided the honour guard at Villers Bretonneau. Villers Bretonneau is a small village in France. Australians reclaimed Villers Bretonneau from the enemy in both world wars. In World War I, the Australian action was unique in that it was the first time in history an operation had been planned for an attack to occur during darkness. And they marched 27 kilometres to get to the form-up place and then attack all in darkness. The people of Villers Bretonneau celebrate Anzac Day with a fervour that a lot of Australians don't understand. In the middle of the village of Villers Bretonneau, there is a pile of rocks, and out of the middle of that pile of rocks, there is a post that has a slouch hat, hat stand on it. And on that hat stand, there is an actual slouch hat. It's not stuck to the stand. It just sits there. It's replaced by the Australian Embassy every two years or so as the weather takes its toll on that hat. It has never been stolen. So Gallipoli, Villas Bretonneau, Beersheba, Tobruk, Normandy, Crete, Changi, the Coral Sea, Kokoda, Banker Island, Hellfire Pass, Borneo, Capiong, Long Tan, Dili, Honiara, Kuwait, Baghdad, Tarankout. These are not just places on a map. They are places that resonate in the Australian soul. It's as a member of a family or a church a community where we learn selflessness, duty, respect and responsibility. You don't learn those on a battlefield. Where love of God, family, community and country is planted, watered and encouraged in the youngest and the oldest of minds. It is also where the pain of loss is felt most acutely. There are memories that are passed from one generation to the next. These are the memories that are entrusted to us to remember and to renew and to remind us of who we are and what we can be. Anzac Day is not the day that we celebrate Australia's victories, nor do we celebrate how great our country is. Rather, we celebrate the sacrifice and loss of our men and women who protect other people's freedom. The truth is that Australia has never really been attacked 
or invaded. We have never entered war because we were attacked or invaded. Rather, our men and women have always gone to war to protect other people's freedoms. Anzac Day is the day that we remember their loss and their deaths for the protection of that freedom. At 4am on Anzac Day each year, I participate, and I will do so tomorrow morning, participate in the Manly Loader RSL's dawn service. I've always wondered why the Manly Loader RSL don't do what other RSLs do and hold a dawn service at dawn as opposed to holding it from 4am to 4.15am in the morning. The reason is simple. 4am is when the soldiers who had been, who had made their way from the larger ships in the straits off Gallipoli and other beaches, because of course the Australian attack was one of many attacks that same morning, albeit that It was on the wrong beach. But at 4am, they made their way into small boats and those small boats were then rowed ashore. So at 4am, the Manly Loader RSL remembers that event. The dawn service observed on Anzac Day has its origins in a military routine which is followed by the Australian Army to this very day. During battle... The half-light of dawn was one of the most favoured times for the enemy to attack. Soldiers in defensive positions were woken in the dark before dawn so that by the time first light crept across the battlefield, they were awake, alert and manning their weapons. This is still known as Stand 2. As dusk is equally favourable for attacks, Stand 2 is repeated at the end, at sunset, at the end of the day. Traditionally, dawn services included the presence of a chaplain. They did not always include the presence of a number of dignitaries, as they now often do. They were originally very simple and followed a simple military routine. In more recent times, we've seen a huge increase in the number of families and young people taking part in dawn services and Anzac Day marches have seen some of the largest turnouts ever. It is an absolute thrill. I'll march in Brisbane tomorrow. It's a real thrill to see so many young children out celebrating Anzac Day and remembering those who have passed. Whilst the increased recognition of those who served is stirring, it's also essential that we retain the simplicity and the essence of the dawn stand to in our dawn services. The dawn service on Anzac Day has become a solemn Australian and New Zealand tradition. It is taken for granted as part of the Anzac ethos and few wonder how it all started. Its story, as it were, is buried in a small cemetery carved out of the bush a few kilometres outside of the North Queensland town of Herberton. Almost paradoxically, one grave stands out by its simplicity. It's covered by a protective whitewashed concrete slab with a plain cement cross at its top. No epitaph recalls even the name of the deceased 
The inscription on the cross is a mere two words, a priest. No person would identify the grave as that of a dedicated clergyman who created the dawn service without the simple marker placed next to the grave only in recent times. It reads, Adjacent to and on the right of this marker lies the grave of the late Reverend Arthur Ernest White, a Church of England clergyman and padre of the 44th Battalion, 1st Australian Imperial Force. On the 25th of April 1923 at Albany in Western Australia, Reverend White led a party of friends in what was the first observance of a dawn parade on Anzac Day, thus establishing a tradition which has endured Australia-wide ever since. Reverend White was serving as one of the padres of one of the earliest Anzac battalions to leave Australia with the first AIF in November 1914. The convoy was assembled in the Princess Royal Harbour and the King George Sound off Albany, Western Australia. Before embarkation at four in the morning, he conducted a service for all men of the battalion. When Wright returned to Australia in 1919, some five years later, he was appointed the relieving rector of St John's Church in Albany, West Australia. It was a strange coincidence, some might even call it a godwink, that the starting point of the AIF convoy should now become his parish. No doubt it must have been the memory of his first dawn service held so many years earlier and his experience overseas combined with the brutal cost of the loss of lives and injuries which inspired him to honour permanently the valiant men both living and dead who had joined the fight for the Allied cause. Albany, he is quoted to have said, was the last sight of land these Anzac troops saw after leaving Australian shores and some of them never Returned. We should hold a service here at first light of dawn each Anzac Day to commemorate them. That is how on Anzac Day 1923 he came to hold the first commemorative dawn service. As the sun was rising, a man in a small dinghy cast a wreath into the King George Sound while white with a band of about 20 men gathered around him on the summit of nearby Mount Clarence and silently watched the wreath float out to sea. He then quietly recited the words, As the sun rises and goeth down, we will remember them. All present were deeply moved and news of the ceremony soon spread throughout the country and the various return services league communities Australia-wide began to emulate the same ceremony. At 4am on the 25th of April 1915, the Anzacs boarded small boats off the Dardanelles Peninsula in Turkey and rowed them through the darkness and the tempest of the Turkish machine guns into shore. They pushed forward eagerly as they were full of hope that this would be the campaign that would rout the enemy and ensure victory for the Allies. They could not have known that even though the beach and the sandy cliffs beyond it were to become a place of death 
and terror for them. It was to become a place of strength and hope for their respective nations. In John 21, we read that the disciples found themselves on the Sea of Galilee some way from the beach at Cana just before dawn. They too were full of hope as Christ had now appeared to them twice, the second time having revealed, since his resurrection, the second time having revealed himself to Thomas. They were now becoming aware that their future as servants of Christ would involve personal sacrifice and pain, but unsure of what to do next, they returned to their comfort zone, a small boat on the Sea of Galilee. Unlike the Anzacs, as the dawn broke, they heard a welcoming voice coming from the shore and on obeying that voice, their nets, still empty after a full night of fishing, were full to overflowing. On recognising that the man on the shore was Jesus, Peter dived in and rushed to embrace him Who and Jesus then forgave and fully reinstated him. As we make our way to the shore, who do we expect to see? Is it the tempest faced by the Anzacs and an enemy whose aim is to defeat us? Or is it the welcoming, forgiving, restoring arms of Christ? Are our hearts filled with hope that is rich in immortality or with fear of the unknown? Our hope must be that all those who tomorrow will celebrate the heroic deeds of those who landed on the beaches of Gallipoli will also seek to find the beach where Christ himself over whom death has no more power, stands beckoning them and is preparing for them a feast. He's not just saying, come and have breakfast and offering us bread and barbecued fish, but saying to all, come now finally beyond the darkness into the light. Come to the feast of eternal life. Our nation's history is elevated by the stories of those who gave their all in service for their country and community. It is their Christ-like sacrifice that is the essence of the spirit of Anzac. Soldiers, sailors and airmen do not see themselves as heroes or what they do as heroic. They want peace more than anyone because they know that they are the ones that will have to fight to win that peace. Every soldier knows that they are only as good as the strength, effectiveness and cohesiveness of the team around them. Our relationship with other members of our church should be exactly the same. The bond of mateship, the Australian way, is essential to them being able to serve their nation just as it is essential to us being able to serve Christ. It is the qualities that make our nation so unique that have sustained Australian society through recent fires, floods and a global pandemic. The personal qualities of faith, hope, resourcefulness, candour, devotion and even curiosity. The social qualities of service, 
comradeship, patriotism and loyalty. These qualities must be present on the battlefield and they must live on in each of us today as we embrace Christ on our beach and go forth with him to serve. As Australia continues to battle through some of the most challenging of days, we can have faith in knowing that the qualities that we celebrate in the Anzacs are essential also to our service of Christ. They are us and we are them. In the words of the anonymous poet, my meagre words can never do justice to their humble silence nor the incredible debt owed to our Anzacs. How best to try. The beautiful marble monuments we chisel will eventually erode. The grand iron statues we cast will eventually rust. So let us carve them from our stories and let them live eternal in our collective memory. These are the people and the stories of our nation, lest we forget. Could I just ask that we stand, please? They shall grow not old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. We'll take a minute's silence. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, we are forever grateful that we live in a country where the sacrifices of those who have gone before us provide us with opportunities we would never have felt possible. But, Father, we also recognise that as we make our way towards our own personal beach, Lord, we need to seek out Christ we praise you that he is waiting for us with welcoming and forgiving arms let us make our way to that beach walk through the shallow water up onto the sand give him a great big hug thank him for his sacrifice And serve him in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rock Christian Church podcast. To be notified when the next episode is available, subscribe on our website at therock.org.au. You can also connect with us on Facebook at The Rock Christian Church. We hope you have been blessed today 
and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.